Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. So, I want to talk about Washington's backfield real quick. Antonio Gibson, he ended up with 21 touches. He totaled 103 yards. He outcarried Brian Robinson, and that's big. Right. Yeah. If he has if he has a chance of out carrying Brian Robinson, you know, and he's going to be involved in the pass game, right? He already has a role in all three downs. Sixty eight percent of snaps in this game. J D. McKissick was just put on IR, and it, you know because of all that, Gibson's going to have an RB two floor every week, and he he hasn't hit that RB one upside yet, but he has RB one upside. Yeah. I think at this point, that's kind of the way things are trending. I wasn't a big Antonio Gibson fan just because, like I said, I thought that, you know, the coaching staff wasn't enchanted with Antonio Gibson anymore. They wanted to give Brian Robinson the reins. But Antonio Gibson's workload has been fantastic. And it's one thing, you know, get the receiving work. You know, you could pin it on that. Like, okay, Antonio Gibson's value is a little bit higher because he's getting the receiving work and Brian Robinson isn't getting any. Um, but he just outcarried Brian Robinson, like you said. So that is serious usage, you know, in this backfield. Even with Brian Robinson getting 15 carries, Antonio Gibson outcarried him, which is like really good. Um, it seems like they found a good formula that's going to help them to win games. Granted, this was against the Texans, and they have a really bad rush defense, but Gibson's going to be able to get it done each for you each week. Like you said, as an RB two, he's a very solid play. Um, I wouldn't be upset starting him there at all. As a flex, you know, he's a really good play. RB1, I wouldn't want to start him there. But, you know, the upside, it could be coming in these next few weeks because Brian Robinson, his, he's just relegated to the early down ground game role. It, it's just 15 carries for 57 yards, five points. Like, it looks good, you know, if when you watch him play by, play to play. You know, Brian Robinson, he looks like a nice little, ha- like the hammer, the thunder to Antonio Gibson's lightning. But it, only, it doesn't amount to much in fantasy. His role is just not conducive to fantasy points. No. It's not like look at what Isaiah Pacheco did, right? Yeah, I don't know. Isaiah Pacheco's a little bit better, you know, just because he looks more explosive. Yeah, well, and the offense too is better, but like it's the role that we're talking about, right? It's like even on the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco's role, you know, he went over 100 yards in that game, but like what did that really get you? He didn't score, so and he wasn't involved in the pass game at all, so he didn't, he didn't, he didn't give you much, right? 10, 10, 11 points, that's it. That's what we call PPR the empty calories. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a standard league, sure. That's fine. That's what, that's great. But in a PPR league, like whatever, right? That's replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Antonio Gibson, you know, the, the fact that, and this is, this is less about that him going up against Houston and the production that he had. Like, I don't even care. Like all I know is that like, it was the protect, was the production good enough? Okay, great. Now let me look at the opportunity, what the opportunity looks like. Where did the opportunity come? Oh, it came on early downs. Oh, it came on, it came on passing downs. Oh, like he's getting targeted. Like, yeah, this is what you want to see, right? And you know, he's getting targeted by Heineke, and this offense is looking okay. Um, you know, they have a couple good receivers, they got a tight end who's coming along a little bit now. So, you know, this is an offense that you know we might see some situation. And Tony Gibson also, like, he's gonna be using the other goal line too. So he's oh, yeah. getting all of it. So yeah, a, a, t- it. a touchdown. A touchdown yeah. yesterday would have changed the complexion of this performance by a mile. But he yeah, still looks he really good. 
Exactly, exactly. And that's why I think, you know, that that RB1 weekly, RB1 ceiling is there yeah. for him. You know, I'm probably going to be ranking him as like a top 18 running back moving forward. Um, but that top 12 upside is there every single week. Yeah, okay. I think he has injected a little juice into this Washington offense, but I'm not going to call them, you know, a passing offense at this point. Their best chance for success is on the ground, and I think that's where they're leaning, and that's what they're going to continue to do the rest of the season. And the funny thing is, you know, their defense has kind of stepped up. They don't look like a bad team, which is kind of annoying, you know, having the last team in your division doing so well. But, <laughs> you know, it, the Washington doesn't look bad. So this isn't a wasteland necessary, as, as much of a wasteland as it was earlier in the season. And, and, you know, after the game, Ron Rivera said that he's going to stick with Heineke for the rest of the year, and Carson yep. Wentz is going to be the backup. What that means is that Terry McLaurin, even though he didn't have an amazing game this past week, he is going to get the target share for the rest of the year, and this just boosts his value for the rest of the season, which is, this yeah. is amazing. If you have McLaurin, you know, he didn't have the, mo the most amazing game this past week. Um, it's probably because I ranked him as a top 10 wide receiver. Might um, be. <laughs> but, like, moving forward, you're happy. Yeah. You're happy that that this that, that this move was officially made by Ron Rivera. That's the thing about Taylor Heineke. He knows to throw to Terry McLaurin. You know, and yeah. Carson Wentz, he wasn't doing bad. He was distributing the ball, but it just wasn't going to Terry McLaurin the way that it should have. You know, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel's good. Jahan Dotson's good. But when you have a guy like Terry McLaurin of his stature, you know, and obviously he's a leader on the team and you don't get him the ball, you know, Taylor Heineke, I think, understands that you can get him the ball. He's going to do good things. And that's not just for fantasy, but for the team overall. And it's going to continue to go that way now that he's a starter. 100%. And by the way, uh, Curtis Samuel scored a rushing touchdown, but he hardly got any targets. You have another You have another week. You, you have like one day to sell him. Yeah. Just give it if, if your trade deadline hasn't even passed. But yeah, I think I, I'm, the, I'm assuming I think 50, the trade 50, deadline 50, yeah. would be today or tomorrow, like for your league, if, if, if the deadline was this week, right. basically. Okay. Terrible, terrible outing for Damian Pierce. Mm -hmm. 10 carries for eight yards, was on the field for 77% of snaps. But Davis Mills and this offense, like you have alluded to multiple times on this show, is yeah. holding back Pierce a ton. It is such a problem because, like I said, the talent is just so good with Damian Pierce. He looks really good. and looked like, for a second, you might be able to overcome this offense. You might be able to be the motor for this offense and at least – will it to some relevance but this offense is just terrible the passing game is non-existent davis mills he's going to be replaced after this season no surprise there they're going to be drafting a quarterback coming up in this next draft and you might just have to eat it with damian pierce now if you didn't sell like i told you to a couple weeks ago <laughs> but um hey, i'm just saying I mean, you, you might have been right about that dude i i've i this was my concern and i'm not saying it's going to continue because washington they're not a bad front you know, they're not a bad defense. And Chase Young's going to be coming back, but that's not going to affect Damian Pierce. However, this was the concern that he wouldn't get, he wouldn't be able to produce enough because the touchdowns weren't there. A touchdown wouldn't have even saved him yesterday. The offense is just so bad. There's no chance of him having any type of upside at this point, I don't think. I think his ceiling is now a, a mid-RB2, uh, unless his offense turns on a complete dime and looks a lot better than it is. Because otherwise... You know, Damian Pierce, we saw against the Eagles, he could rush for 139 yards and not score, and he just could be a middle-of-the-pack running back. Um, and today, not today, yesterday, we saw this offense really just fall flat on its face against Washington, and he turned in a really bad performance for you this week. And his value is, it's just cratered these past two weeks. With that being said, I'm not benching Damian Pierce. No, I, I'm not I, saying you I, bench him, but... I'm still starting him as a mid-RB2. 
you know, against Miami next week and against Cleveland the week after that. Um, you know, it, it's one of those situations where he's on a bad offense and you're going to have these type of games. Um, if you need an RB2 at this point, after this bad of a performance, you can buy him and you don't have to spend that much. Yeah. Um, you know, because he only had, what, like three points in this game? That's what in it PPR was. leagues, he had 3.7 <laughs> PPR points in this game. So people yeah. are frustrated. Uh, he hasn't had a big game since before his buy several weeks ago. So you'll be able to get him cheap, but don't have the same RB1 type of expectations. He, he, he can still have those weeks like he had before. Like if, if he's, you know, against Philly, you know, he had the 139 yard, 39 yard just two weeks ago. If he scored a touchdown in that game, that would have been an RB1 week. Um, yeah. It can still happen. And he hasn't scored a touchdown since before his buy where he scored three in a row. Um, yeah. So those touchdowns can come. It's just that, you know, it's one of those situations where you, you got to, you know, I, you know, as of right now, you know, I love the role switching for him over mm-hmm. the last three weeks, though. He has totaled six targets over the last yeah. three weeks. That's not going to get it done. You no. know, um, and three of those if, targets if came yesterday. Three targets yesterday, three targets the week before and zero the week before that against Philly. Yeah. Um, so. If you're going to be on a bad offense, you can't depend on you know early down carries for your fantasy running back. It's just not it's just not going to work out that way. So for Damian Pierce, uh, he's an early down back on a bad offense who's not getting targets. That's not a recipe for continued success, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, his talent is there. It, it, it yeah. can get better. I don't think it's going to anytime soon, but down the stretch, it, it, it could be a little bit better. Just right now, this offense is in a funk, and it's already a bad offense. You get a bad offense in a funk, this is what you get from your running back. <laughs> 100%. And, you know, it's not like his schedule is that great anyway, to be honest with you. No, like even, even in the fantasy playoffs, you know, he has Kansas City, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. But the KC, you know, with Casey, like, you know, it's not the best matchup in the world. And on top of that, will they be in a negative game script? Potentially. Tennessee, really, really tough matchup in Tennessee. And then Jacksonville, you know, he could come through in that game. Yeah. But, uh, Jacksonville yeah. would be a good spot for him to come through. But that's way off in the distance at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, chances are, chances if are. you have Damian Pierce, you know, you're <laughs> you not going to be playing the playoffs. for championship. <laughs> you're not going to be in a championship when, that, oh, when the time comes. <laughs> fighting words. Fighting words. Yeah. Zach. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, <laughs> the the Colts they had two two minute drives in this game. One in the first to end the first half. One for a potential game winning field goal in the second half. And Deion Jackson was on the field for both of them. That's what are the Colts doing? What are the Colts doing here? And why, why are they doing that? Jeff Saturday, I thought we were better than this. You saw, you showed us what you can do last week. I just. <laughs> You play fantasy football. You hand it off your team to, to, to somebody else. Come on, dude. <laughs> All right. Like, you, if, you're, if your team is trying to win the game at the end of, you know, in the fourth quarter, you can't have Deion Jackson on the field, man. Right. All right. Deion Jackson caught four balls for three yards. Okay. Can we put Jonathan Taylor in on those situations, please? All right. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a minor nitpick because JT got it done. But like, JT being out there in those situations takes him from being an RB1 play to a high-end RB1 play. 
Yeah. If he gets two minute situations, his value moves up like a good 20%. <laughs> yeah. So in it seems like, you know, that Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to do good things, you know, have RB1 weeks with the work that he's given right now. Uh, yep. The talent obviously is there, and he's been looking good so far, right, like over these past two weeks. So, you know, judging by what I've seen from Jonathan Taylor over the last two weeks, you're good to go for the rest of yeah. the season. 100%. Like, I wouldn't worry about anything with Jonathan Taylor. But, 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 they don't have Naheem Hines anymore, man. They don't need to yeah. put Deion Jackson on the field. For those situations, it is what it is. It sucks. I did not see this coming because Jan Jackson is just a replacement level player. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy, and he's in the NFL. He's probably doing much better than I can do. So I don't want to, you know, just crap on Zach. We are not comparing him to you. Yes, me. I know. I know. Comparing him to other NFL players. What if Deion Jackson (laughs) listens to the podcast? He's like, "Hey, don't listen to Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast." You know, I'm just thinking. (laughs) I'm just making sure. No one's going to be able to hear him. Yeah, (laughs) no one knows him. Yeah, but. Jonathan Taylor needs to be on the field in those situations. He's your best offensive weapon, and you're not going to have him on the field when you need to go get points. Like, it felt like the Colts went up, and then they were just like, oh, we're up against the Eagles, and then they just started playing keep away. You know, Jonathan Taylor, he had 48 yards on the first drive. He finished with 84. You know, that's it. Like, why would you stop giving to Jonathan Taylor? That worked for you the first drive. You go away from it completely. Um, Obviously, you know, there's nuance to the game more than that, but. You know, I'm not, and I'm not complaining about the way Jonathan Taylor produced either. He did just fine, you know, for what we wanted him to do. But like you said about his value being much higher, if you can get those two minute snaps, you wouldn't think it's going to be that much of a difference, you know, if a player gets the two minutes, the two minute snaps or not. But it makes a huge difference. It does. You catch, because you, you're on a drive. Leagues. Yeah. You're on a two minute drive. If, if your offense going to affect down the field, if you catch three passes for 25 yards, that's five and a half more points for you on top of whatever, just at the end of the half within two minutes, you know? Exactly. It's a huge difference, and that's kind of what we saw with Jonathan Taylor. If he had just a couple more catches, you know, he he would have had a much better week, obviously. But um, he he could have cracked the twenty point threshold. Exactly, uh, that's he, what I was gonna say. That. He, he would have. That's like that's like my bar for okay. You had a good week, twenty points. It's like that's where you had a really good week. He could have hit that if he was just on the field for just even one of those drives. You know, two drives, and you put Deion Jackson in both of them, like. Try putting Jonathan Taylor in for one. Just see how he does. We know he can run the ball, but he can catch a ball too. We talked about this last week that he can't catch. You know, he's not, you know, this world-breaking Naeem Hines talent when he's pass catching, but he can get it done. And I think definitely better than Deion Jackson. Um, Jackson had that one game where he had 10 catches a couple weeks ago in relief of Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. But um, outside of that, like you said, he hasn't shown anything to say that he should be on the field over Jonathan Taylor. He had 10 catches, but it's not like he took those 10 catches and did like had like a hundred yards with or anything like yeah. that. He was pretty yeah. inefficient on that too. So right. anyway, all right, that's enough. We digress. <laughs> um, so something that, you know, I'd be happy about if I had Devonte Smith or AJ Brown, even though they didn't have a huge game and without Dallas Goddard, you know, they got 64% of Jalen Hurts targets, you know, those 64% went towards these two guys. So this was a tough matchup this week. I'm expecting some more, you know, blow up days for these two moving forward because 64% of targets to two players. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. And that's the way it's going to be moving forward. There's no question about whether these two are going to be contribute, be able to contribute. I, I was more leery of Devonte Smith about how much of a workload he would get with Dallas Goddard out, but you know, he got nine targets and he caught six of them for 78 yards. He looks just as good, you know, maybe not in terms of explosiveness. I want to say he's just as good as AJ Brown, but they're both, they're different receivers, but they're both very good. 
So both of them are capable of garnering targets, like you know, wide receiver ones should. Um, and with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, playing the way he's been playing, there's no question that they're going to be in line for some bigger weeks. And we know A.J. Brown, he's been in a bit of a slump again. And we know what happens the last time he was in a bit of a slump. <laughs> we talked about the touchdowns not being there. You know, they could be coming in bunches, like you said. Not just for A.J. Brown, but for Devontae Smith. Because by anyone's standard, you know, watching the Eagles yesterday, this was a subpar performance for the offense. And they still won. So. Yeah, they're playing the Packers on Thursday, on Sunday night. So that should be a good one. And yeah. maybe if, if the Packers put up a fight. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Christian Eagles, Watson. Like, Christian Watson hey, can give him a shot. It's true. We'll see. It's true. And and you know what? Like the Packers secondary hasn't been great. Yeah. So this could be a situation where, you know, these two can can do their thing. I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see. I, I it looks like the biggest beneficiary in terms of usage after the Cooper Cup injury is, is Tyler Higby. Uh yeah. his route participation finally went back up. He's not blocking anymore. Uh, he ran about on 89% of dropbacks, uh, 29% target share, which turned into eight targets. So, you know, Alan Robinson caught his weekly four or five targets for 47 yards. I feel like that's been his <laughs> stat line. Matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't look at it. I just know that it just looked super familiar to me. Yeah. Um, that's it, pretty much listen, what his game log has five been. Five for 54, oh, yeah. four for yeah, 44. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's four for about 47, what he's good four for. for 44, three for 24, five for 54, five for 63. Yeah, literally, like that's four what for his stat line has yep. been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is. he caught a touchdown this week, so great. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good on him. He got it. I, I guess he's like a top 36 wide receiver. He's like a low-end wide receiver three for me, Allen Robinson, yeah. like even even without Cooper Cup. Uh, not he, much changed for him. Yeah, he's not stepping into the Cooper Cup role. I mean, we knew that even before Cooper Cup went down, that he wasn't going to have that type of role in any situation, regardless of whether yeah. Cooper Cup is on the field or not. Um, but he, I guess you could say, I think his floor has gone up a little bit with Cooper cup out to the point where sure. he might be worth consideration in your lineup as a flex. Sure. You know, um, I, I'm not expecting too much from him. I think the, you know, Matthew Stafford's down again with a concussion. Yes. I, I don't know if that's going to be an issue moving forward. You know, two concussions now in back to back weeks. I don't know if they play it safe. You know, I'm, I'm not sure really, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how they handle that, especially long-term, but um, yeah. if there's any turnover at quarterback, that's obviously not good for Allen Robinson. He needed Matthew Stafford to have one of his best days of the season, you know, to put up 14 points, you know, catch that touchdown, you know, go for his token four for 40. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if, if there's a backup, I, I don't like him very much at all. But if Matthew Stafford's playing, like I said, I think he might be worth consideration as a flex, but that's about it. His ceiling, anything higher than that, if he achieves anything higher than that, it's just going to be, you know, very unexpected. Nobody's projecting him to have any type of high ceiling. Like a lot of people were saying he was going to have coming into the season. He's been a disappointment. It's yeah, and, and John and John Wolford, which is Matthew, who's Matthew Stafford's backup, he has a neck injury, so he didn't play in this game. Um, Bryce Perkins took over as quarterback. He looked like he liked to run a little bit. Yeah. So someone <laughs> pay attention to. Uh, he was scrambling quite a bit, and if he ends up getting the start next week, might be worth looking at in superflex leagues. Yeah, could be. Uh, let's see. Uh, and on that, okay, so Kyron Williams ended up playing the most snaps of any Rams running back on Sunday. 55% of snaps this week. This offense stinks. If you yeah. need to drop him, go ahead. If you don't need to drop him, you know, decent hold on your bench simply because he was the clear passing down back. He was also on the field in some short yarded situations, and he also got seven carries on top of that. So, you know, in terms of who led the backfield this week, it was Cam Akers. Dal Henderson. Literally came on the field to start the game 
and he he has he wasn't seen since. Like he, he we need to get his face on a milk carton because we have no idea what happened to him after the first quarter. No one saw him. His whereabouts <laughs> yeah. are currently unknown. Uh, gone. So yeah. I don't know. But Karen Williams, like he could have a three down roll, not an every down roll, but a three down roll. He kind of had a three down roll already in this game. Um, so some some of those some of to pay attention to. Like if you're in a twelve team league, I think he's worth a hold in your bench if you have like six bench spots or more. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't bother because this offense stinks. But if he ends, if his snaps end up going up even more, and he's getting like fifteen touches with three or four coming in the past game, he'll have some some value. Yeah. Uh, but I love how I had to like preface every single statement I'm making because yeah. this offense stinks. <laughs> That's the way it feels with this offense, you know. And I'm gonna preface this with the fact that, you know, this is backfield is not going to be um the same week to week ever. You know, if Cam Akers got his carries this week, well maybe next week it'll be Daryl Henderson's turn again. And maybe the next week it'll be Kyron Williams. You know, nobody in this backfield is going to get a secure enough workload for them to really, you know, be worth consideration in my mind to start in any type of league, unless you're really in trouble. Um, the offense stinks. The run game is not good. Their offensive line is a shambles, which is like one of the roots of the problems. It doesn't help that Matthew Stafford's going to be out again, but Matthew Stafford hasn't exactly been good, been good either. Cam Akers isn't at all what we thought he would be. Daryl Henderson has been mediocre, you know, in, in his performance, at least for fantasy, you know, in, in filling in for whatever Cam Akers wasn't going to do. And then Kyron Williams, he's the only one that I think you could still have hope for as far as upside goes, because he didn't look bad playing. You know, no. we've seen Cam Akers look bad. We've seen Daryl Henderson look bad. Haven't seen Kyron Williams look bad yet. And that might not happen this season, uh, the way things are going. And you're not going to be able to evaluate him, obviously, in this offense right now, but He's the only one that really gives me hope to have any type of upside in this backfield. So if you're shooting for upside in this backfield and just hoping for the best and you're really in a crappy spot, then yeah, Kyron Williams, I would hold him just in case things start swinging his way a little bit more, but I wouldn't count on any type of relevant fantasy production to help you get in the playoffs um, or in the playoffs, you know, for the rest of the season. The Rams season. What a, what a high, what a high bar we're setting for Kyron right. Williams here. It's like, <laughs> he's the only guy who doesn't suck. It's not his exactly. fault. It's not his fault that we're sitting the <laughs> bar so low. It's, it's it's not your fault, Karen. No, <laughs> it's not your fault. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, it's just yeah, a lost I mean, season for the Rams. Yeah, one hundred percent. Do you think Deion Jackson's like mad at us right now? That's something. What about. is he in the chat? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just wondering. We've been talking shit. Uh, yeah, listen, man. Now, like, now you're, you're thinking listening. about it. <laughs> if you're listening, man, like I feel bad. Like I'm a nice guy. I like to be a nice guy. So I don't want to talk too much shit. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 